Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have two very special guests, returning guests. It's the Occult Rejects, Nick and Lux. I reached out to them a while back. We did our first show. We They kind of went through their background. One was in the OTO. The other was in... Lux, what was the name of that one again? That was... Uh, the Hermetic Order of the Hermet, Golden Dawn. Or the Golden Dawn, thanks. Golden Dawn. So you can go back and listen to those shows. I've been on Nick's show. We, I've talked about, I think, the Smiley Face Killers. Um, yeah, and, I think you're on the Occult Rejects as well. I think you're on my show two or three so. times, actually. Yeah, if I, I'm trying to remember them all. Uh, I've done so many shows. But anyway, so you can go back and look at... I think. Oh, Peter Sorry, Peter Christopherson, I think you Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um that's a, a whole nother story. He's a strange dude. But today, they've done some research. They're doing their own independent studies. So you can go back and look at the occult rejects. They've gone through the uh, court digesters. They've done some other. But they just finished one, and Nick reached out to me about this uh, kind of piece of Americana, piece of Americana uh, folklore or urban myth or rural myth, maybe. is about the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. So they're going to talk more about that. So... Nick, New York Patriot, and Lux, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thank you for having us on. It's it's always an honor to come on your show. Like again, like I said, I I listened to you for years, and to come on your show just blows my mind. So. Oh, thanks. And, well, I'm I'm delighted to have both of you back. I mean, you guys have uh, educated me about so many different things. But can you talk about kind of your the research that the occult rejects have done, and then what led you to look into the Skinwalker Ranch? You can take that, Lux. Uh, so, yeah, more or less we uh, connected after we both left our secret societies. And we decided to really try to shed some light on occultism and different secret societies because we saw corruption in the ones that we were in, a lot of lies, misdirection. So we wanted to go ahead and, and create a podcast that would cover occult subjects in a very down-to-earth way and um, in a way that, you know, is just giving people the truth without all of the you know smoke and mirrors and all of that. So... We really focus a lot on uh, other secret societies in our research, including the ones that we were previously in. But we've covered uh, everything from the Masons to the Shriners to the uh, Royal Order of Jesters, the Moose Lodge, Elk Lodge. Um, yeah, really focused on um, you know these inner orders of secret societies. And right. And so what led you to this whole thing about the skinwalkers? Like, I think I've seen the guy George Knapp is, was on Joe Rogan. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm actually flying pretty blind. It's unusual for me, but I kind of wanted to just let you guys talk and tell me about it. So uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually didn't really happy you're, you're flying blind with this because I think this will surprise you a lot. Actually. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Basically the way that the story goes, okay. The way that this myth was started um, was that there was this ranch, okay, it's located in the uh, Unitaw County of Utah, and it's 512 acres, it's this just giant ranch. And in around the late, late 60s, early 70s, and uh, then on, people in, on, and around the ranch would describe that there were these paranormal events. So there's been a couple different owners, uh, and it goes back a pretty long way, back to 1934, uh, which was the first owners, which were Kenneth and Edith Myers. Then in 1994 to 96, because they had that property that long, uh, uh, the Shermans bought it. Then um, this uh, other gentleman by the name of Robert Bigelow bought, uh, buys it, and uh, so on. We can talk about them more. 
uh, later on, but essentially the the amount of paranormal or occult happenings that were going on at the ranch were raising such a stir. Eventually, the United States government gave money to uh, Bigelow and others to research the occult happenings that were going on at the ranch. Now, the you know, long history with this ranch goes back to the uh, the Ute Native Americans and this sort of how it got its name, Skinwalker, was because of this myth in Navajo, Navajo culture and also Ute culture. But it doesn't just, um, it's not only localized just to those two native tribes. There are other accounts of this in Mexico and Canada. Essentially what it is, is a Skinwalker is a sort of witch, um, somebody, uh, you know, who... What they do is they do a bunch of these different occult practices to become these skinwalkers through this, you know, occult belief that they can morph into different animals and all of this stuff. So it goes back a very long way. And the story roughly goes that uh, the Navajo and the Utes got into this dispute and then um, the Navajo cursed the land that the Utes lived on. And uh, that's sort of how it first got its name, Skinwalker Ranch. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's very weird how even just occult the background of what a skinwalker is because it's, you know, really uh, just reading right off the definition, it's a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Um, but there are other accounts in other cultures of where sometimes these can be healers or like um, some type of doctors. Yeah, almost like a shaman sometimes. Cool. So that's like the old myth. And there's all kinds of old Indian tribes there, right? Like I think there's even reservations close to that ranch, right? It's close. It's, it's in Utah, closer to the border of Colorado, right? Yeah, it actually does hug um, one of the... Uh, the properties that's still owned by native tribes. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, um, you know, the whole, I think it's Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and there's like another state that even right there with all those four connect that even has a whole bunch, of, a lot of weird stuff that like we didn't even go into because our series is already long enough. Right. But, that's uh, the four corners, right? Four corners. Yeah. There's tons of air. There's tons. You can go in that area and there's all kinds of different tribes that aren't even known. Like people are familiar with the Utes or the Navajo, but, they're smaller groups of indigenous people. What they're a lot of mythology and you know, was it the firebird or what's the bird they used to? They have all the mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Thunderbird. That's where yeah. that comes from. It's old Native American mythology. So so this place claims some kind of tie to paranormal activity and old indigenous mythology, right? Or or witchcraft. Right. And so you get a lot of um, what I think is big from over there that you get a lot of stories of uh, the cattle mutilations and uh, and you get a lot of UFO stuff, you know, and I, and I think a lot of the UFO stuff, which is, you know, what we'll get into eventually, I think is like the, the whole big really kind of a bullshit story. I think that's going on. That's used as a cover up, unfortunately, for what's going on there, I think. 
Yeah. Right. I, I don't know what you think about little green men in spaceships, William, but unfortunately, I, I hate to say it as, as much as I believed in it myself for a long time. I do unfortunately think that is kind of like a made up bullshit story that came from Mormons and Masons. I'm just going to say it. And that's what we're kind of going to get into eventually. Well, my next yeah. show after you guys is going to be a guy who's a true believer. So oh. you should listen to that. You're both. Uh, both. He, yeah. So well, he's, he's a, he thinks that they're actual extraterrestrial vehicles and that the government's covering it up. And uh, they're actually they have hybrids called like, uh, humids or something like that. And this guy's right. Really a true believer, so. I, and honestly, when it comes to this type of stuff, I think New York Patriot and I slightly disagree on it. Maybe, well, not totally disagree, but we view it kind of differently because I think that all of these things can be true all at once, but they're just being manip. So when they say extraterrestrial, they're not talking about, you know, they might use that term, but these guys who have been studying this for years and years with government funding they're, they're telling us they're green men from outer space but in reality i think if even if there are legitimate ufos at this ranch being some type of you know craft that uh, we don't have the technology with that uh, it's probably some type of interdimensional entity um and the, but they just say it's a little green man in a <laughs> flying saucer you know but this place is like Area 52 or whatever. Like it's become kind of like this location where where these stories are coming out of different permutations of stories. So the oh. original Skinwalker story has morphed into a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I may be wrong. I mean, I, to tell you the truth, I guess the Skinwalker part came from, I guess, maybe the Indian stuff there. But it seems like really with uh, – for most of the stuff that you hear associated with the ranch, it's mostly like me, the paranormal, like weird stuff, uh, seeing werewolves or mostly UFOs and cattle mutilation. I mean, I would say, right, Lux, that's really what you get most of them coming out of there. So, except for the it, TV show, that's getting a little different. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of different incidents that they've claimed have happened at this ranch. There are more than a hundred different incidents. Um, and things such as animals with uh, piercing red eyes that seem to be much larger than any other normal uh, animal, like, you know, these huge wolves. Um, and they seem to be unscathed by bullets, you know, stories by the owners of uh, where they spotted one of these things. And they ended up shooting it and it ran off. Nothing really happened to it. And then it just sort of disappeared. Um, but there are a ton of different occult happenings apparently at the ranch like New York Patriot said uh, cattle mutilations spotting of, of UFOs um, also they talk about strange magnetic fields and the fact that there do seem to be these portals that open up in the sky where um, tons of um, these accounts of this small uh, point of light in the sky that opens up and then they're witnessing things move back and forth through these portals. So Skinwalker has everything from Bigfoot to werewolves to, right. um, you know, UFOs. So that's really what caught our attention because, you know, it's right up our alley. So, Right. It's got everything. So it's almost like one of these new Internet religions where they just chuck the whole <laughs> kitchen sink in there, right? Just got it. There, there's nothing. Oh, yeah, sure. It's got crop circles, UFOs. 
shamans, right. skinwalking shamans. And I think that was popularized. Like I saw Nap on Rogan and he's been involved. I mean, these are interesting characters just around the story because he's been involved in the other UFO guy who I think has been pretty much discredited. He was on Joe Rogan too. Was so, and George, yeah, Bob Lazar, yeah. Bob Lazar's full full of baloney, in my opinion. Uh he's that whole story's fake, in my opinion. But um, which a lot of people have staked a lot of uh, truth in that, but I think that. And Nap was on Coast to Coast, so he's a purveyor of these, the modern Americana mythology. He was very big on getting Skinwalker Ranch known. Uh, also, when it came to the cattle mutilation, Linda Moulton Howe was the one who really got Skinwalker known as well. So now you have to think, this is like, honestly, in my opinion, this is like a second version of the Skinwalker Ranch. It was popular, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You know, it, it started right. to become known as a place for, you know, to talk about UFOs and cattle mutilations. And, like, now all of a sudden, again, it's, like, resurging, you know. But George Knapp, uh, really, in my opinion, and then Junior Hicks and other people that I'll get into, Frank Salisbury, they were all really big at, you know, promoting the whole UFO idea and stuff going on at Skinwalker Ranch and having all these documentations and drawings. Um so yeah, so I it's it, it's it's an old story that's being retold again, coming up again. Fascinating. So it really got its start with the Skinwalker, the uh, Native American shaman, and UFOs, and now it's got the whole hodgepodge of stories. But people have built. I could have swore I saw a book like Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Isn't there? I mean, have you guys seen how? It's yes, I have seen that actually. Why? Why working on this, looking for Skinwalker stuff? I came across that. I did see that. Yeah, so but it's it's in the paranormal environment. So like in the paranormal podcasts, you'll go but see the same story, the Skinwalker Ranch. Somebody's talking about Skinwalker Ranch and the new age kind of paranormal genre, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um honestly the story sold pretty well uh because they were able to secure millions of dollars of funding from the US government to research it under total lock and key. Uh, I mean, everything from, you know, like the roads are closed off to Skinwalker, you can't get there, um, you know, you can't fly over the airspace, stuff like that. And they did a, a more or less a 10 year scientific quote unquote study at this ranch with funding from the government with these different groups called NIDS um and then you had some some other ones like um they changed the name like they do often with these government <laughs> programs they'll like change the name slightly that way they can secure new funding and the public generally doesn't understand what's going on because the name changes uh but that the the one that followed that was something called ATIP which has been in the news all over the place in the last year uh so yeah for what 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 for what's ATIP in the news for I don't know well, um, before, quick Lux, before you go on, I want to, you mentioned something about changing of names. I have come across and realized, and I think it's for multiple reasons, ATIP is like spelt like 10 different ways. And I think that could be because if you ask for information, oh, you didn't ask for the right one, denied. Right. And no, that's actually a very clever tactic in corporate law. <laughs> yeah. If you have the money, you go and you call it ATIP LLC, LLC, ATIP Holdings LLC, ATIP AB LLC. So and you never the outsiders can never find out 
which is the one that hold all the assets. So that's actually a very clever tactic. Like really high end corporate lawyers pull that stunt on. Uh, <laughs> it's like or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps the public out. So that's I actually know about that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Lux. No, sorry, man. Please continue. So I'm, there's a lot in this whole story, right? I mean, there's just Knapp. Rogan covered it in his, like, Rogan has a history. Rogan cover it questions everything. So his show is a is kind of an add-on. It's a more super famous show now. It's kind of an add-on to some of the early researchers he did. Did you come across? I think he went to the ranch, right? Didn't he? George uh, Knapp. You guys come across the ranch? The- yes. I know that for a fact. So uh, yeah, Rogan uh, questioned I, or, uh, had it on the show. I'm not sure if he went there though. I do know that uh, Nap has also mentioned. I think uh, Junior Hicks and Ryan Layton, which I'll both bring them up later on. Uh, he has also interviewed them at the ranch. Uh, Junior Hicks was actually really big with a lot of evidence for uh, George Nap to use uh, Frank Salisbury and uh, a guy named Carl Coloner or something like that who wrote a book with Nap. Um, you know, it does go back and I'm not trying to, you know, use Hicks a lot. It's just that for a lot of the UFO stuff, he was heavily, you know, uh, as a person with, you know, evidence and stuff for it. So, yeah. And, and John uh, Mack was somehow involved in this whole investigation too, right? The guy who talked about alien abduction, abductions. That I'm not sure to be told. I thought I read across that. It just, it says it right here. I'm looking through the Wikipedia. It said that Mac was involved in the research at the Skinwalker Ranch because he was involved in a lot of UFO stuff. But I mean, you have, and not that I'm going, uh, not going to get into names and stuff to like cause issues on your show, but like, shows, podcasts, or people who have bought property near the ranch that we even covered in our show that we think are pushing the bullshit lie as well. You know, like they're going along right with it. And it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a, a huge spider web when it really comes to this whole situation. <laughs> right. So, and, and Knapp starts covering this, he starts talking about it. And something that's interesting about Knapp is if you look at his credentials prior to when he started to cover this, he seemed like a, an actual legitimate journalist. It's it's interesting to see Knapp's role in this whole thing, but eventually he he covers the ranch, um, and it appears in this periodical called the Desert News. That's a very important name to remember for later. But it appears in Desert News, and um, you know it starts to get this momentum because at that time it was owned by uh, Terry and Gwen Sherman. Now. They eventually get a offer from a man named Robert Bigelow, who was a millionaire businessman. He worked in tons of uh, uh, space exploration, aeronautics, and things like that. So after, after he sees these events that are going on in the newspaper, Bigelow buys the ranch from the Shermans for $200,000, along with a contingent um, NDA. So they would agree not to talk about any of the events that went on in the ranch. So after he buys the ranch for $200,000, he begins to establish like, um, it's like this team of investigators that later does get uh, funding from the U.S. government. But essentially the the ranch goes on 24 hours lockdown and uh, they move this team in called NIDS, which was something that he funded, and that's uh, the National Institute of Discovery Science. And um, he moves all these PhDs there, scientists to study the ranch, 
And uh, yeah, so you know, after they do this study, then this NIDS program or, or um, group is disbanded in 2004, then it changes its name, still receiving funding, into something called BASS, which was Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, <laughs> again with the name change. And then after that, they change it to ATIP, which is Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, all while getting tons of funding by the U.S. government. Do you know what the number was, how much money they got? Millions. I can't remember off the top of my head, but millions. You know, Bigelow, Bigelow sued NASA for, I think, a half a million or a million dollars, too. Yeah. This, this, this guy, Bigelow, that did work with NASA, I mean... This guy, if if this stuff exists, this guy has actually attached stuff to the International Space Station. Wow. This is the guy who owned the ranch prior to Fugle. This is the type of stuff that he did. In our show, this guy supposedly has stuff you can buy for $50 million that will take you to Mars. I mean, I don't know how the hell it's getting you there, but it's taking you to Mars, supposedly. Wow. No, Bigelow is a big-time player in something, aerospace, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, 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 I think uh, he owns budget suites he even says that he started that so he could raise the money to do what he's doing now he straight up even said he got into that because this is what his goal was at the end you know was to get into this type of stuff he 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 gave away a million dollars he had a thing set up it was like uh you had to write a paper he wanted to know uh is there an afterlife jubilee no is there an afterlife and what is it and he gave away, I think, like to the top three or whatever, four people that, you know, he had judges that even judged these things. And all these people handed in these writings and he gave away a million dollars to like to split up within like the top whatever people like you know, who that's very weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that you're willing to give away that much money just to see right. what people's opinions of if the afterlife exists and what is it? And he even came out and says, I already think I have somewhat of an answer. I think I already know. I just want to hear other people's. You pay a million dollars just because you want to hear other people's opinion. <laughs> but he was—he became kind of like a new age researcher, right? That's really what he said he was trying to do. So he's kind of like a spiritual explorer, non-Christian. Yeah. I don't think he's a Christian, if I remember. But yeah, he did claim um, that he had, or the reason why he had worked his whole life. Apparently, he tells more or less this story of him being extremely passionate about paranormal events and the occult. And that he had kind of been saving up money just for something like this because he was interested as it uh, in these subjects as a kid. So, and do you know if any there were any results from this uh, government paid for investigation? Did they have any conclusions like, yeah, we got we caught a shaman, we caught a skinwalker? Well, uh, and that's something we haven't. Uh, you know, we kind of have the last episode is about to come up. It's going to be episode six. And that's oh, where well, we... So you've done six, five already. You've done five hours. We recorded uh, oh, number yeah, five man. yesterday, actually. Wow, cool. I mean, that was two hours long in itself. And we've only wow. put out up to number three so far. I'll put the... If you send me those links, I'll put them in the show notes so people can go back. I'll go listen to those, too. It'll yeah. be interesting. And, um, as far as the results that they, um, that they had, I mean, it was under lock and key for a really long time. FOIA requests eventually did get this, you know, the what they were researching on the ranch out. Um, a bunch of different requests that took years for these documents to come out. And when you look at them, that I, and I am not exaggerating, it is the most some of the most terrifying research I have ever seen. Because what they're saying 
that they're researching is not little green men in spaceships, Bigfoot, or werewolves. They are, they are researching things much, much deeper and darker. Um, I mean, theoretical physics, uh, wormholes. I, I mean, really crazy stuff. Um, Wasn't there that, even something we came across where there were like somebody, I know somebody who was involved with Bigelow was known for at least, uh, remember, uh, it's something to do with using the paranormal as a weapon. Yep, no, weaponizing is. paranormalism, or so, paranormal activity or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I won't say kind of all of the different things because, you know, we've got to save it for the, uh, for the episode. <laughs> but it is, uh, I think I even text, uh, texted New York and I was like, dude, this... This is the most disturbing thing I've ever ever seen, <laughs> and like wow. compared to everything else that we've covered, that's saying something, you know. <laughs> like, so they're like a quasi-governmental group researching heavy stuff, kind of like SRI would do, or something where they're men who stare at goats type stuff. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if you're following the show, I mean, you you can even realize. I mean, there's something going on. Obviously, there's like even when it comes to science, I think something to do with the ground. There's something to do with there is something up with that area. I mean, <laughs> definitely. I mean, they even have like you know meters and you know stuff that they're using that is showing. And I don't think that they're really falsifying any of that stuff. But they are showing like uh, you know weird things going on. So I mean, there is something. I even think somehow scientifically. And magically, you know, there is stuff. There's listen stuff to going. my listen to my next show, uh, Nick. This guy believes that he scientifically proved telepathy works. Hmm. He has scientific proof of telepathy. I, I I believe that. I believe you could do that. Just saying that he that's what he's. I mean, he, I I don't know what is he did a, like an academic study that was. Uh, Blind tested or whatever. And Joker, you mentioned Hal Putoff, and I think I mentioned uh, Hal Putoff was was he one of the judges or somebody? He was he was involved with Bigelow with something that I talk about. That's actually mm -hmm. interesting that you mentioned Hal Putoff. Um, but I mean, so, I, I, these these guys, I'm pretty sure, according to what I'm reading here, he was also involved with John B. Alexander, who's a very interesting guy. Did you guys come across his name while researching Skinwalker? Say that again. John, John B. Alexander. Alexander. Yes, he was in the. Uh, he was. Oh God! I actually used a clip of him in one of the intros of him talking. Uh, I know he was. He's been, he's been around. Yeah. I what I eventually did too, and and this is some other things I think I'll add. Yes. Yep. I knew that guy's face. Um, he now Bigelow had uh, what was the name of it? It might have been called Nids. It's not up anymore. But if you go and throw it in the Wayback Machine. You can go and look at the site from when it, you know, it was around. And I went in there because I wanted to see, like, you know, I'm looking into this guy. This is before I even got into the crazy stuff. I was just researching Bigelow. I wanted to know what type of dude is this. This guy owned the ranch. He has stuff to do with spaceships. I mean, you know, I want to know what's going on in this guy's mind. What kind of stuff is he into? So I try to get on that site, and I get on it. He was actually somebody who had a lot of paper on there. That's why I even looked him up. He had, like, a lot of... The site has like a lot of documents, a lot of stuff by doctors, a lot of stuff by people in the military, like papers that they write on their opinions on this and that uh, stuff on, you know, you know, UFOs, stuff on shamanism. There was one paper that I showed where they think shamanism, UFO activity and near death experiences all share a commonality. 
Um, there was stuff on there about uh, they had people on there that were, had to do with the Gateway Project, the Star Stargate Project. There was a lady, Jessica Utz, who had a paper on there that when I looked her up, she was also involved in the Stargate Project, which we've covered on our own show. You know, that was we're trying to do. Um, what would you? What is that stuff considered, Lux? Where you uh, astral projection? You know, mm -hmm. an astral projection through listening to tones and sounds and all that stuff. Um, you know, he had. So I started looking up. You know, people on his site, and I came across that guy. But I mean, he did have a lot of weird stuff. He had a lot of people that was doctors, and tons of people with the government. And like, I'm sorry, I don't care. I mean. I'm not going to trust 100% every single whistleblower you got that is supposedly from the government. I'm sorry. <laughs> she kind of, she kind of, That's like the oldest story in the book. I'm a whistleblower. I can't talk about stuff, but I was yeah. an insider. Like QAnon. I knew QAnon, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, come on. Like, you know, if you, if you got 10 of these guys, you're lucky if maybe one of them might be being honest. Like, yeah, you know, really. so I thought that even in itself was like a little too much. I'm like, you know, this is a little too gimmicky, but uh, whatever. Um, but he was just definitely, he definitely had weird stuff on there. And uh, yeah, uh, he, so like, he was the guy before Fugle. I mean, I don't know if you want to go into Fugle a little bit, Lux, and then I'll go into the stuff that I have or. Yeah, so. Uh... So this guy, after uh, Bigelow, there's this guy, his name's uh, Brandon Fugel. He ends up buying the ranch from Bigelow. And he, um, he buys it with this company called Antimadium Holdings. Which Ad it's is... Adamantium, right? That's like yeah, yeah. Superman. It's a Superman reference. It's sure. a, uh, the uh, thing that made the claws, I didn't even know Lux told me, that made the claws for Wolverine. Mm -hmm. But uh, it actually, if I looked into a little bit more, it was the chemical that was used to make, I think, Captain America's shield. They twisted it, you know, kind of uh, made that a little bit better and somehow came across adamantium or however you say it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, he's got this company. It's named after this material. You know, it's like this indestructible steel. Uh, he more or less explains it, that, you know, he's uh, into comics and stuff like that. But. Um, anyway, he buys this ranch from Bigelow for $4.5 million. Now, after he does that, then he blocks all of the roads surrounding the ranch. Even further off, the entire perimeter um, was guarded 24-7, barbed wire put up, you know, uh, personnel all over the place to make sure that no one uh, gets onto the ranch. And then shortly after that, he ends up, Fugel, ends up trademarking the term or name Skinwalker Ranch. And that was in uh, February 15th, 2017. And he can now, of course, you know, produce, create, develop, anything along with that, that trademark. Be, this is going to be the paranormal UFO Disneyland for that whole sector of the society. Right. And he, I'm this dude... He had tons of money because he's actually, uh, I think, the, the top guy at Coldwell Banker. And oh, so he's, he's... Oh, no, Collars, uh, Colliers or something like that, Colliers. Oh, no, no, I think... No, might... it's both, yeah. Yeah, he's... You know, Colliers is the is his property management. The guy's also, you know, tons of property and stuff, too. Right. So, you know, he buys Just this ranch. Thing. Now they have this series that's going on. They've made a, a three-part... You know, a TV show on uh, the History Network, all about this ranch where he claims that he's trying to figure out all the paranormal events, right? 
So the story, if it could not get any crazier than what we've talked about already, got way crazier when New York Patriot started to stumble on connections that makes this rabbit hole 10 feet deeper. And um, I, I was absolutely blown away. And I, I know that there have been a <laughs> lot of people who have covered Skinwalker. There are documentaries out there. Uh, there's tons of different shows and podcasts that have covered it. But what we uncovered is something that's definitely different than anything that anybody else has found. And I don't say that to you know, float our boat. I say it because it was literally shocking for both of us yeah. that it, it took this this crazy, crazy turn. Yes. Wow. Do you um, want to divulge that or people yeah, have to go listen to your last episode? That's that's the part that I'm here for. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Luke, if you want to get there, I mean, there's a lot of Mormons involved in this, right? Isn't that uh, Mormon? Yes, there is a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, am I actually able to share my screen, Ramsey? Uh, I think so. If you go, I actually made a little. If you folder share, folder. you're able to. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think you go to. I think share is on your. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yep. So, uh, like, yeah, like Lux was saying, at one point when I was digging through uh, past people and past members and stuff, um, you know, p people that owned the ranch and, and just anybody who kind of had anything to do with it, at one point, I, I started noticing a commonality. At first, I started noticing like LDS stuff or like people's obituaries was on the Deseret News. Sorry, I've been saying it wrong the whole series. I've been saying desert. desert. It's some kind it of is. weird Mormon term. I forgot what it means. Yeah, that I think it means actually means honey to them. Um, I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think that's right, and that's also the that's how you know uh, Joseph Smith was Masonic because he always liked the uh, symbol of the the uh, the beehive. Yeah, well, and that's a very much a Masonic symbol. So the beehive. You don't know what you probably know, but you don't know what's going on inside the lodge. Like you don't know what's going in, on inside the BF. Yes. So uh, can you, can you see that now? Yeah, I see that right there. Let's put that. So eventually, like I was, you know, going through just even checking to see like these people even existed that supposedly owned the branch, you know, uh, I had came across a couple of LDS things and I didn't even say anything yet. And then I said something to Lux and he's like, I think that's kind of a stretch. But then I think by the end of this, you'll see how, like, now this isn't a stretch. Uh, Myers, the Myers family, we mentioned before. I had noticed that um, originally that it mentioned that her funeral was at Ballard LDS Ward. Um, and I thought that was a little weird. I had mentioned something to Lux, I think, about this. And he's, you know, me and him both said, like, who knows? maybe whatever church that was the only one available for the funeral you like i i can't just say like this is definite lds uh, mormon person um I, but she also did marry her husband kenneth john myers inside salt lake lds temple so i kept that in mind uh i noticed that then uh, uh sorry, um harry reed now, he had something to do with Bigelow. Bigelow went to him and wanted to open up ATIP again. I noticed that uh, in Deseret News, Harry Reid, former Nevada Senator Harry Reid, one of the biggest, highest, one of the highest ranking Latter-day Saint elected official dies at 82. So now you have somebody else that Bigelow was associated with that was a uh, LDS. 
if you're watching the show now itself, they have uh, Sean De D. Reyes, I think, in season two. Uh, Fugel decides that they need to bring in the attorney general and brief him about the findings that they're having there and ask him to kind of move forward with what they're doing. And would you be surprised? Reyes is also an LDS member. Uh, crap, I might have actually left that clip out. Yeah, yeah, he is an LDS member for sure. Uh, this thing that I also found that was interesting, this could just be coincidental. Now, he's uh, his father was an immigrant from the Philippines and his mother was um, native Hawaiian. In the Philippines, that is the biggest area for the Shriners right now. They have the most Shriners temples there. Mm -hmm. And in Hawaii, on a boat ride back from Hawaii to the States is when the Shriners came up with the idea for the Order of Quetzalcoatl. I mean, that could all be a stretch, but I just found all that stuff just interesting. Um, but he definitely is a LDS member. Um, personal life. Okay, yeah, I do have it. A member, Reyes and his wife, uh, Seisha, have six children, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So now you have another LDS member. Uh, right, I mentioned earlier, Knapp and Kelleher cite the 1974 book, Utah UFO Display, a scientist report by Frank Salisbury and Joseph Jr. Hicks, which details an earlier investigation into alleged UFO sightings in Utah County region, a partial confir confirmation of their account, according to Kelleher and Knapp. So I'm um, just reminding you, this guy, Hicks, Kelleher, Knapp, all of them had something to do with the stuff in the beginning. Um, I decided to look up Junior Hicks. He had attended school at uh, Roosevelt Elementary, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was, you know, enlisted in the U.S. Navy. So, again, I'm like, here we go again with somebody who was in the government. Um, I noticed he was enrolled at BYU. So then I was like, hmm, Brigham Young University. That's Mormon. So I started thinking, huh. Uh, he taught for 33 years at, at our high school. Um, so I kept looking into him a little bit more. Uh, I noticed it mentioned something about one of his friends, Morlin Buchanan. I looked him up real quick. He's in Deseret News. Morlin Buchanan was a uh, Mormon himself also. Um, skip through this. It's out of order. Uh, then later on down in the obituary, I see that Junior was a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and willingly shared his wonderful talents in many ways. He devoted his time to numerous responsibilities, such as regional welfare coordinator, uh, bishop member, high priest, quorum leader, state clerk, blah, 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 all this stuff. So now Junior Hicks, LDS member. Uh, I mentioned before Frank Salisbury. Uh, he had done a book with him. Frank Boyer Salisbury was born in Utah in 1926. He served in the U.S. Army Air Force, of course, another person with the government, in 1945. And when he was a and was a representative for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in German-speaking Switzerland from 1946 to 1949. I mean, come on. I mean, all these people that were already involved with the whole idea of what's going on with the UFOs or LDS members. Um, yes. Harry Reid was too. Wasn't he a, an essential UFO guy in Congress? Mm -hmm. I remember. He's the one that Bigelow. I don't know if, yeah, Lux, maybe you want to chime in for that one. 
Yeah, he was. I mean, he pushed it very hard to try and get that funding for Skinwalker um, and uh, for, you know, for Bigelow. And uh, yeah, Harry Reid, of course, he was a faithful LDS member. Right. So why do you think that that's the connection? Why do you think that so many LDS people are involved in this whole thing? Yeah, well, I have a little bit more I'm going to share, too. I'm not done. Okay, cool. <laughs> you pop it up, I'll bring it on. I'm ready. They have, but they have like a space opera theology, right? There's some kind of God in, in somewhere on. Oh, exactly. Wow. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, here is the current owner uh, and his boy, Dragon, who was on the show as well, Brian Arnold. And Brandon Fugel as young LDS missionaries in Hawaii. So now you even have the current owner and his boy, uh, his lapdog, are both members. Um, This is just some weird, you know, you go into T-800, he's got a T-800. There's just some weird stuff. He's big into, you know, 80s stuff. Um, He was in the Utah buzz, which I found kind of weird. I mean, you get the B symbolism again. Uh, that's where it does mention something about him being a Mormon himself. And I did even get that picture from. So, I mean, that did come out of the tech buzz. Uh, he does mention you know, being a Mormon and doing that missionary. Uh, Eric Bard, the guy who was on his show, is even from BYU. Um, no proof of him being LDS, but it does say that Eric Bard went to BYU. Again, here is just the logo for Tech Buzz. I just find it coincidental. It's a bee again, just like Deseret News has the beehive. Uh, and and there, if you look Deseret News up, they're also a Mormon company. Right. So it's all Mormons. Yeah. Wow. Now this is just a you know I looked up other fugles. There was a Lee Fugel, uh, and he's an engineer for the Quorum Mountain Utah Temple. Uh, yeah, Lee Fugel, temple engineer at LDS Church. Uh, there was another uh, another Fugel, something to do with Solomon's t- the Logan Utah Temple. Yeah, Lee Fugel again. There was just uh, oh, and then his brother, the guy with the helicopter, the guy who flies around, flies a fancy Fugel in his helicopter. His brother, who was on the show, wrote for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, flying blind at 100 miles per hour by Cameron J. Fugel. So even his brother is a Mormon. Um, He mentions these people on, I started watching his Twitter. Uh, There's a couple of people. He mentions uh, Spencer J. Cox and former Governor Mike Levitt. And uh, was there somebody else? Uh, Well, those people, I looked them up. Oh, and then in another post, he mentions his best friend, Chris Lee. So I looked up these people. It was nosy. Uh, the one guy he mentioned before that was uh, Livet. He is He's from Utah, and he is a LDS member. Let's see where I can find where I have that. Uh, that yeah, the, the one guy I originally mentioned, Governor Mike Levitt, that he's tagging in this. He's an LDS member. Levitt is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he's a descendant of old Massachusetts Puritan family. Blah, blah, blah. That's him. And then he mentions his friend, Chris Lee. Chris Lee, full-time lecturer at UVU and an adjunct professor at BYU, 
feels the same need to act differently at UVU, teaching in a public university as an LDS member, blah, 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 blah. He's an LDS member also. Brandon Fugel even tweets something about murder among the Mormons, and he mentions uh, school alumni Tyler Meesom as an absolute masterpiece of documentary uh, that his boy, uh, Tyler Meesom, looked him up at one point in an interview. He mentions at the age of 10, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and realized that I wanted to become a filmmaker. Indeedy, and indeed a heady goal for a young Mormon boy growing up in a small unit. Utah town. So he is Mormon. Uh, that's just a picture again. He has a, he has something for metal, I assume. Something he loves the T-800. He loves adamantium. Uh, this is a weird thing. I thought he just posted one day, too. Uh, thank you, Easter Bunny. Bork, bork. Some really creepy pictures of the Easter Bunny. It says, shh, no tears, only dreaming now. So, yeah, that is all that. Uh, tons and tons and tons of Mormon people have surrounded this whole situation. Right. It's crazy. That's what I mean. They have their their internal ideas are probably in line with UFO extraterrestrial stuff. I don't I mean, it's probably like Scientologists like, yeah, OK, who cares? The whole universe is populated with planets and i'm going to be a god and populate my own planet and blah blah blah, blah, yes, blah. So yes. they don't they probably don't maybe have as much of a psychological barrier uh averse to believing in ufos that some other people might you know right and, uh, see that yes yeah actually that makes sense in a way yeah yeah, yeah oh, stuff and mormons yes even their cartoon <laughs> They have like an eight-minute cartoon that look, it looks like they're in a spaceship or something, right? <laughs> yeah, it's do you know that the Mormons per capita, the Mormons are richer than Jews. Like everybody says the Jews have all this money. The Mormons per capita are wealthier than there is more than Mormons than Jews. And just think about how long Mormons have been around and how long the Jews have been around. That's pretty damn quick that they got bigger than them. I I'm, they do you own know what the most property in Florida? And they are yeah, the no. largest owner in the in the United States of property here. No, they're very they have a very kind of light hand, but they have tons of money. I mean, because they don't engage in drinking or you know, they have the word of wisdom. They have a similar thing to living, I think, that Jews have, which is your financial success is is, is kind of a, a sign of God's blessing upon you, right? So if yeah. you have so you know what I thought was was weird, Ramsey? And I guess this will be like, I guess, a little bit something that's kind of like, I guess we, we might have recorded, I guess, yesterday that I'll come out and say something that I thought was weird. You know, there is a lot of different ideas about how, uh, you know, supposedly through the Book of Mormon, they do leave Jerusalem and they, you know, they get in their boats. They get in their boats. They basically have the same story as Noah. Right. And this is even another no, person right. was out there. There's a guy... Uh, I'm not going to actually, I'm not going to say his name. There was a guy out there that I mentioned before. There's, oh, one, there's a Ryan D. Layton. I didn't cover him. He's supposedly been on the ranch with George Knapp, and he has supposedly, um, you know, spoken to people about UFO stuff. I do had I do have stuff we covered on him in part three. I do have in uh, a genealogy thing. It was funny to you mentioned that. There was a Ryan D. Layton, same name, from Utah, that the census of this person came from the Church of Latter-day Saints. So I even think that this Ryan D. Layton guy that's going on podcasts and that George Knapp was associated with was also LDS. Oh, wow. Um, 
Now there is another guy that is uh, <clears throat> supposedly owns property over by the ranch. He has a cult symbology uh, on his Facebook. He has a Freemason flag hanging. His logo is even a cult, in my opinion. Um, he tells a story of like how he was picking up these glowing rocks as he was exploring Skinwalking Ranch and making a little pile out of them. Dropped the one on his foot, broke his toe, but you know, watch, still watch these UFOs. You know, he broke his toe dropping a rock on it, but still watched all these UFOs in the sky. Now, when you're reading the Mormon book, there is a part in there where when their their version of Noah, I already forgot his name. Nephi, I think, or Lehi. or one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, Lehi. You'll see those words all throughout Utah. Nephi yeah. and Lehi. Those are um, their old yeah. He's telling them, well, how are we going to see? And he goes and takes this one rock and breaks it up into 16 pieces, has God touch them, and now they're glowing. So now he's got glowing rocks that he uses to uh, light. Uh, he takes uh, two of them to each boat. He had eight boats that split up to 16 rocks, and now he has light at both ends of the boat. And now you got this this dude on his podcast talking about playing around with glowing rocks when he's seeing UFOs. I'm like, you know, and, and he goes on talking about werewolves, seeing werewolves at, um, no, not werewolves, wolverines at Skinwalker Ranch. Well, wolverines have adamantium in them also, doesn't he? I mean, come on, man. Like this guy's just telling Mormon and comic book stories and putting right. it into a podcast. What they really should talk about is the stone. It's what they should do. What they should really talk about is the shoe stone that's in the Mormon temple that Joseph used with the guy to receive the Book of Mormon. When he was doing the same thing that John D. and Kelly were doing and Crowley and uh, Newberg were doing. It was all Enochian crap from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. This is the foundation of the Mormon religion is based upon magic of Joseph Smith putting a shoe stone in a hat and saying something and this other guy, Oliver Crowdery, writing it down. Mm. That's in their foundational <laughs> documents at the founding of the religion. That's yeah. the foundation that, of Mormonism. That's the Book of Mormon. It's a received book. He, it's like he, A Course in Miracles. Yeah, supposedly these people left Jerusalem. They got on these boats. They came over here. Neither there's a story that they came through Canada or they came through... This was another thing I was going to get to real quick. I, I mean, going by, I, I don't you know, however, I, I'm going to say I'm going to go along with the whole Florida central, I mean, I'm sorry, Mexico stuff. A reasoning for that, um, not to give away too much, there is part, there is Mormons who do go to the same pyramid that the Order of Quetzalcoatl goes to. They still, they, they go and walk that pyramid in Chichen Itza. You know, so you know, just so that's even to tell you where this might be going later on in our series. Well, it's fascinating because that that's the whole Book of Mormon is that there are uh, multiple civilizations that have happened in mm -hmm. the U uh, uh, in the North American continent, and there's this the whole theme of the Book of Mormon is two groups fighting each other constantly. The Lamanites and and Central, right, and yes. they seal off Central America, and one of the the one followers of Christ are up north. And the non-followers are in the south, mm -hmm. and they're the, you know, Satanists, and they're constantly fighting. And actually, I forgot what the story is. The Lamanites like, ended up becoming the ones that were supposedly, all those are going to be the chosen ones. You know more than me. But Mormon, who the Book of Mormon is named after, was, I forgot what it was, but I think he was the one who found the, the, the earlier civilization. They fought, literally fought. This is the Book of Mormon. The, the earlier civilization 
fought to the last man, and that last man, I think, met Lehigh when they landed or something like that. Something really wow. incredible. Yeah, there's but, there's like a, there's a story in the Book of Mormon where they literally the two civilizations killed each other down to one man. And you know yeah. you know where one of their battles was at, the yeah. city of Boaz. <laughs> yeah. So there's like um, Lincoln and Nod to Masonry throughout the whole book, a whole story of LDS. They, um, they don't they don't realize it. There they is don't one, realize it. And one that's thing. the weird thing about the, the whole I mean, and not to spill too many beans, but you know, okay, so when you look at the creation of the, the Mormon church, uh you look at the creation of when um the uh, the Shriners and, and other groups are all sorting they're all coming about at the same time which is like the early 1800s right it was the first over district in north in in upstate new york it was a massive kind of revival and there was a lot of competitors joseph smith his religion was competing with a lot of there was like the millerites and there were a bunch of different groups that he came out of and he was so they they've traced him somebody sent me something where the dousing that joseph smith was doing was Really, there was kind of like this folk magic element back then that doesn't exist today. Maybe it does in Wicca or something like that. But Joseph Smith was part of a line of a connection of these dowsers, which is you take a stick, a divining rod, totally kind of a magical practice and find stuff. So, yeah, he went to court for it, by the way. There are records. Yeah, there are tons of before. I don't know what happened, like when he started the Book of Mormon, but there was a court case where they people gave testimony about joseph smith swindling them there was one that like it was a very clever swindle that he did he told a guy there's lost hidden relics in this in this building we have to go 15 miles i know where it is i saw it in a vision or something we have to go there and take a look and so the guy says wow that's fascinating so joseph smith hooks him in they go there joseph smith looks around for a half an hour and says oh that I couldn't find it, but I got to stop over here. And the guy, and then the, he goes and Joseph Smith visits his friend. The guy drives Joseph Smith back and then realizes the whole story was a ploy to get Joseph Smith to get the guy to take him 15 miles to see his friend. So, so he was in, I think, in Joseph Smith's mind, he understood this power, this kind of uh, the power of these stories to get people. Oh, you know, let's yeah. make it even better. I mean, and this is stuff that we've already covered. And I, I actually wanted to bring it up because I saw, I think, uh, Joe John's, uh, whatever, somebody in your chat mentioned it, you know, family of swindlers. Um, they actually, I don't know if you knew this, um, they had their own bank at one point, the Mormons. Oh, yeah. when, they, when they were in Illinois, they had the Kirtland Society. Of, it was like anti-banking banking or some shit. Right, right. And uh, they had their own currency. And on their own coins, they had the all-seeing eye. And to me, Alex, it even looks like on the other side is the Freemason handshake. Oh, you know, I'm not surprised. They had a $3 bill. And it went yeah. bankrupt. It totally yes. went bankrupt. And and that's why they that was another reason why they ran to Ohio because they took that money and used it there because they didn't know it was garbage. They scammed people the whole way from New York to Ohio. Go look at how he was arrested and and died because he the reason he got arrested is somebody was writing stuff he didn't like on the and newspaper. He Burnt the place down, and that's how he got arrested. And that's crazy, yeah. Then he, at the very end, he said a Masonic sign to everybody. He said, "Does nobody have any mercy for the widow's son, or something like that?" Which is like a hailing distress sign. Yeah. Like he's known to have said that. 
And then the kicker is he had the Seal of Jupiter medallion or whatever in his pocket. Do you ever hear that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have that unless you're into magic. I'm sorry. You don't just carry that around. It's right. like fully Seal of Solomon type stuff. So. And what basically what I'm I'm coming to the conclusion of, I think New York Patriot would agree, is that it looks like there was this period in the uh, early 1800s where there were, you know, Masons were kind of at their all-time high in power. And then out of nowhere in like the 1820s, around this same time, you start to see the huge rise of the first ever third party in, in politics in uh, the United States, which was the anti-Masonic Party. So what they did is they decided, oh shit, we want to make sure that uh, we got to call ourselves something different than Masons because this party is growing big and fast. And so we have to change, we have to you know, create all these different new religions and groups and, and we're just going to say that we're not Masons, but we're really Masons. Um, and essentially that's what I think it happened there is that they just, you know, splintered off and changed names so that they, you know, weren't going to get, um, sort of labeled as Masons because the rise of the, uh, anti-Mason party. party. Do you yeah. know that Abraham Lincoln's cabinet was full of these anti-Masons? Seward was one and William Morgan, it was a William Morgan affair who was really revealing stuff about the Masons. His ex-wife married Joanna's mother was one of Joseph Smith's plural wives, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's all tied in. It's all tied in together closer than you would ever think. And when 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 Joseph Smith was in Illinois, that's when Abraham Lincoln was coming up. So the, the Mormons had this, you know, the second biggest city in Illinois other than Chicago until they left for uh, Utah. Uh, Brigham Young had to have known, you know. Oh, I mean, you know not Brigham Young. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, excuse me. There was another couple of random things, too, that I found weird is that, uh, um, you know, I mentioned, you know, Leighton before. There was a guy, Leighton or whatever, talking about Skinwalker Ranch. There's a Leighton, Ohio, that was actually founded by a person who, with the last name of Leighton from who was a Latter-day Saint. Um, and then I thought another thing that I've, now a listener actually pointed out to me because of the whole adamantium and all that stuff with Wolverine. There is a Logan, Utah. Now, Logan is Wolverine's actual name. Logan, Utah was founded by, I think, Brigham Young. Or it was founded by another Latter-day Saint. So I'm like, yo, what, what is going on That's here? Crazy. It's all over the place, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> Guys, I got another interview. I got to run off. Really fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for coming back. Where can people see your uh, soon-to-be six-part series on Skinwalker Ranch? Um, the Occult Rejects. We have it up so far. It's been doing well on our YouTube. We do have it there. We And if you want to watch it, which I suggest, it's on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, and as a podcast, it's on all, all major podcasts. Cool. And again, it's uh, New York Patriot or Nick and Lux of the Occult Rejects talking about the Skinwalker Ranch. Really amazing stuff. There's all kinds Thank of connections on this. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you. Sure. Thank all you. Right, I'll put this up right away. Okay. I got to run, guys.